Hello, welcome to Across the Park, a podcast on location at the Ver Clothing HQ. Very, very smart. Thanks to Ver for letting us use their offices this afternoon. Myself, Ian Bills and Gary Judge talking all things Everton outside of the relegation zone. Oh my God. Everton beating a team away from home and Everton beating a team 5-1. First of all, did you, did you see that coming? No, no, absolutely not. It was a um, brilliant performance. I didn't see it coming, I, I think. All the previews I'd done, and I'd done a few of them, not only on our own podcast, with other podcasts, even informal previews where you're talking to mates about it and fans, and I had a point at best in my head, yeah. or even on the little calculator we'd all done of, of how we're going to pick our points point. Yeah, it was a bonus point for me if we were going to get anything, but I definitely didn't see that coming. Um, the only thing, I, like, going into it, you know, I was I think I was sending you or sending the other Blues before we played, what was the last away game? Um yeah, saying about um, Dean Smith's record against us, Sean Deitch actually has a really good record going into it against Brighton, and we had a decent record going into it. So there's a few little, but then you don't you don't take nothing from that considering how poor our season's been. So yeah, massive massive shock to everyone, wasn't it? Not just Everton fans. Do you know what? It sounds mad. Now we spoke about the um, the Villa game at home a few weeks ago, and the negative impact of starting eleven being brought out before mm-hmm. the game. Give you saw Mikhailenko. Godfrey, Morpe, players that maybe were, were the Fulham game. Fulham. You mean Fulham? Not yeah, like Fulham. Sorry, Fulham. I think I'm Fulham. Yeah, Fulham. <laughs> it was a while ago. Um, but the opposite happened. You see, Yeri Meaner in the team. Mm. You see James Garner. You see Nathan Patterson. Yeah. Everyone got a boost from that, didn't they? They did. Yeah. I mean, James Garner was funny, wasn't it? Because I, I was disappointed to not see an Arno in there. Because but I understand it, and I wasn't like worried about Garner being in there because I think he's played. He deserved his place in that team. But yeah, you're right. It, you know, Yeri Mina for me was the big one. It was. It ticked so many boxes. And I've said to a few people since, it was a bit of a win-win one for Deitch. You know, we're going to come back onto that in a bit about praising him for, you know, getting him in. But you know what I mean? If he was to play poorly, as I've been like, told you. Yeah. Told you. But then he plays well and it's right like... Up. Yeah, yeah. But, but he plays well and it's like, yeah, it was waiting. You know what I mean? I was, I was taking my time, buying my time, putting him in the right game, making sure he was fit, all that type of stuff. I mean, he hasn't. He hasn't come out, out and lapped up the praise, but you know what I mean. I think it was a bit of a win-win situation for him. As it was giving him bad. P- I think it was giving him bad PR, the Keane mm. stuff, because they, yeah. they sh- we done the instant match reaction after the Newcastle game, and, and I said, not just I said, I think the manager was making some mistakes now, and it was scaring mm. me a little bit. And Michael Keane thing was very much Benitez Rondon, where you were like, "How is this? How yeah. there must be better." And the keen thing was starting to get like we know Yeri Mean is better. So how, how mm. long is it going to take you? Is it going to be too late? When do you, know you realise that Yeri Mean is a better defender? Do, do you know when in his defence though? And I, I don't know this for a fact, but I can just imagine it. Can't imagine he's a great trainer. No. Do you know what I mean? He, he, he seems like the type of player. Yeah, <laughs> he seems like the type of player who just thrives on that match day. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of reading managers' autobiographies, and the amount of autobiographies I read from past managers up to up to present. The talk about players who just come alive on a match day, but they're so poor on the training ground that it's so difficult as a manager to then, you know, to pick them for the first time or to continue to pick them when the team's not playing well and they're training so poorly. But he just seems like one of them. And I guess he's one of them, based on his injury record, that he almost can't afford to put it in in training because mm-hmm. he, he's always that yeah. one step away from breaking, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. How good do you think he actually was, Mina? Now, I don't think he won that many duels. I do think he was under pressure a lot. He got, he got booked on the duel in the first 25 minutes. But then I think he played I think he played very well. How, how do you mm. see his performance? 
it was assured, and, and that's what you get from Yerimina, no matter how poorly the team are playing or how poor, he's just got this amazing self-confidence and self-belief, hasn't he? Like, the, you know, um, he's having himself, which I think in that type of position, goalkeeper, centre-back, for, centre-forwards, them three positions, you want someone who, who really has got inner belief, self-confidence, and I think he just oozes it. And I think the other players kind of feed off it. And I said, again, I've said it a few times this week, I feel like the forward players had a bit more belief to run that extra 10 yards forward because they thought, you know what, we've got yeah. someone at the back here who will foul if he has to. Yeah. Like that one where he, he volleys that, you know, under where he was, he's almost got the half turn on him. He thought, F this, and just yeah. volleys him. I'm not having it. You're not going nowhere. <laughs> and then he kicks it away and he gets that early book. And which two other, I think to fans who don't know yet, he mean it, or maybe usuals are thinking, oh, he's not when you're centre back getting booked that early. I mean, has he been sent off for Everton? I know he hasn't played that many games. Not been sent off, has he? I don't think. I don't think if I don't he has, think so. I don't think. I'm sure we'll know in a Yeah, look, I'm sure has. someone will, will definitely correct us, and I'm sure we'll look after it. But I certainly can't remember him getting sent off in a game that's important. You know, you think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's killed us there. I think he's just again self-assured. He's clever in the way that he defends. He's a winner. And he's that's a winner. what we need yeah. in, that, in that team. People who are going in with the attitude of. Tony Brighton, it will be this, yeah. opposed to without saying, you know, some names. And what was, it, what was a great shot? I think you send it to me or you put it in our event group on Twitter where you see him jump at about 10 Edney and Tarkovsky's just looking at him going, yeah. that's, that's boss, that. Some players would have been going into these these games and these runner games nervous. I don't think any meaning gives you nerves. I think he walks up and goes, this is a game of football and I'll win. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's very, I think you've got a good point there, what you're saying. I do want to ask you about Nathan Patterson. I thought he was really really good I think maybe the manager he's put him in ahead of Holgate so it's not even like mm. he, you can't see he doesn't trust him I think he's stuck a long time maybe. but he's the only one who's not been given a chance isn't he let's yeah. be honest it's stuck a long time to get him in I thought yeah. he played well mm. but what I, what I do want to ask you about is how important is despite the goals Dominic Calvert-Lewin to how we're playing he's everything he's everything and uh, I was I was on a, a certain other podcast I was on a Liga podcast um, which will be on a lot more in the future. Last week, and, and I got killed. The, the, the uh, producer, they've got the a producer on there, sent, sent, sent it round on a reel everywhere that I, I thought Cal- Calvert Lewin would get three goals in his last four games, and he'd be the talisman. Now, he wasn't the talisman in the traditional sense against Brighton, but he led the line. Yeah. He, he, he was he was the leader at the top end of the pitch, wasn't he? First goal, give it to me, I'll sort this. Yeah, I mean, early on, when he's, yeah, he obviously does that turn. And then he gets, I think it's Webster or Dunkett booked with a little flick around the corner where he just, he just clever little, he, he won everything in the air as, as he does. Not only in the attacking, you know, in, in the attacking third, but defensively, that near post position, he absolutely yeah, yeah, bosses yeah, it, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. And you can't, you know, when Nort Morpai plays, he doesn't put him in that position, puts someone else there. Yeah. So, you, you know, it, it gives you so much. And, and look, we... I'm not as big a fan. You're even lower down the pecking order from a fan point of view. However, you can't, in this squad, he's head and shoulders above anything we've he's got. He's the best player we've got on the squad. Without, By a mile. Without By a mile. And I do think there's, a, there's a, very similar to what you said there with, with the midfielders and the players in front of Mina are more relaxed. I think the players behind Lewin are more relaxed. We can maybe hit Lewin and get something yeah. opposed to... And the gambling. The gambling, the putting crosses in the box thinking yeah. he's going to be there. The, the gambling on flicks because you think he's going to win it. You, you, you can just be more decisive if you've got that belief that your teammate, whether he's a centre-back or a forward, will do a certain thing and do it really well. I think there's just so many more consistencies around the team. And and, you, and look, let's not get carried away here, but there was just more players on the pitch 
that will win in those 1v1 battles. Yeah, yeah. Football is a game when you when you make it as simple as as it is, which you know the top managers have an ability to do. It's about 10, maybe 10 1v1 battles, not including the goalkeeper. And we won most of those deals and that, and that's that, that you know on from a simple level that was what it was about. We're not going to do any negatives on this Brighton review. Uh, we can't talk about every player. Um, if no, we, we if, didn't if, really if, touch on Patterson much there. Because you, you kind I'm of going to move on to a little bit. Right. I'm just going to say, I wanted to just yeah. give special mention. Yeah. But before we speak about Dwight McNeil, mm. I want to just give special mention to Patterson and Pickford. At different moments in the game, both really important. Patterson, they had the energy. It sort of matched what McNeil gave us on the right-hand side. Mm. Now, Coleman gives us that. He doesn't give us it over 90 minutes. Uh, Godfrey's a little bit of the engine that, that should but doesn't. But he just but, 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 different again. But Godfrey runs with no directions and he just runs. Patterson for is the sake like, of it. Give me the ball and I'll run with the ball. Yeah, yeah. And then he got back in shape. And yeah. then some of Jordan Pickford saves. Chases after the ball as well, doesn't he? Well, so no. As Evertonians, we're used to Pickford doing that. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, look, again, you talk about fans of players. I'm not a big fan of Pickford. No, I don't I don't underrate him. Um I just think that there's in terms of an asset, I think he's a He's a, a misused asset. I don't think we get the most out of a player like him. Like I was making a point the other day where Pickford will make 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 saves in games against like City, Arsenal, but we'll still lose the games. So it's like, what's the point? Hmm. But in games like one, that, yeah. listen, that they, they were vital saves and, and it was great to see him. Again, oozing confidence, but not, not going over the top with it. I don't know if that's something the managers told him about. Listen, don't forget about you know, mild and often do just do your do your job. <laughs> Which he still does, but he hasn't done it as much, yeah, has he? Yeah. Um but when you're playing that well and you're making saves the, the way that he is, obviously a penalty penalty saver at Leicester was, you know, straight at him, but he's made that brave decision exactly to stand where he is. A few of the saves the other night maybe didn't get us the three points because we obviously has a healthy cushion, but they helped him because if the team gets within one goal, you know, the momentum shifts suddenly. But some of those saves were incredible and Again, it's it's a still one v one thing, isn't it? It's, it's the shot. You've just got to keep it out. It's, it, it, the the job is simple for a goalkeeper, or well, more simple when it comes to shot stopping. But same could be said about Pato or Nathan Patterson. Is his job was to make sure Matoma, mm. you know, he wins the ball more often than Matoma goes past him. And there's only Aaron Wambasaka this year who's managed to do that. He's done it in the cup final, and he's done it the other the other week when he played them um, at Brighton. No one else really has managed to contain him. He absolutely rinsed Trent. And I know that's he's not the only player to do that, but it was cringy. He's done it a couple of times this season. Trent, yeah. And I was worried. I was worried about Patterson because he when he has played, you know, he spoke about the fact he gets on the overlap, he, he gives us something, his energy and whatever. He's not been that convincing defensively. Mm. You know, he's not as powerful and strong as maybe Coleman is. Even Michalenko at times is a natural defender, isn't he? I was worried about that one v one duel, but there was only the one time where he got past him, past him, just couldn't quite keep up with him. Apart from that, his decision making in terms of when to go tight, when to drop off, when to show him inside was spot on, and it was a performance beyond his years. Long time viewers of the podcast will know what that means. Judgey have had somewhat indifferent opinions on Dwight McNeil. Judgey is, is a lot more of a patient supporter than I am. I didn't really rate the signing. This guy was telling me to calm down, give him a chance. He's young, it's a bigger club. I was probably quick on he wasn't playing well to Frank Lampard again. It's fair, it's fair enough. Despite agreeing, he was going, you know, it's not it's not his style. But I'll concede the argument as, as it stands. He's 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 been in early May now, he's been one of our best signings. Like McNeil, and I want, want to point out to 
if you recall when we beat Southampton away and he scored, mm. his media after it was talking about how he struggles with self-confidence and, and he's, he wants to get it back. After the Arsenal win at Goodison, again, he came out and said, I'm trying to get that confidence back. By God, it's back now. <sighs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to say I told you so because I, I no fan... Regardless of how much you like or don't like Dwayne O'Neill or rate him, no fan could defend the performances. And you know he's a professional footballer; he's got to be judged on merit. And he wasn't producing. There's, there's no doubt about that. I also can't say, look, I was certain that it was going to come off for him. I think the performances were so dour, and it was it was lacking in any real anything positive to cling on to. But I, I different could, player now. Yeah, it is. I could, listen, I think you know confidence is a huge thing. Absolutely, not just for Dwight McNeil. For any player and for the manager to believe in you makes is a start. I'm not saying Frank Lampard didn't play believe in him because he played him, but there's playing someone and there's really believing in them. And as we pointed out since I just come in, playing to his strengths and going, do what you do best. And and at first for for Deitch, I think he probably recognised he's not that confident. So we clearly seen it was get the ball across, get the ball across. He hardly ever dribbled, is he in his first? Deitch's fit, it was just get across, and he almost got his confidence back. By just doing positive things, winning a corner, mm. the fans start, you know, yeah, appreciating yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. So it was doing the simple things first. And once he started doing the simple things well, it was like, okay, well, I can add this bit and add this bit in. And, you know, come together for him at the weekends, didn't he? You've done everything that you want from a full I was, I was watching him. And he's not blessed. I think he's actually said this. He wishes he had more pace. Mm. He's not blessed with pace. But he's, he's running away but he from moves me. quickly with the ball, so doesn't he? How are, you, how are you not quick, but you're still yeah. in the yard like that? I know, I mean, one of, one, uh, one of my colleagues who's a Burnley season ticket holder said that to me, and he said, because I said to him, he's not quick, is he? And he said, no, but he is. He can travel <laughs> fa- quickly with the ball. He doesn't, he said, what it is, is he doesn't get any faster, but he starts fast. So he almost like, as soon as he starts travelling with the ball, he's moving. So he gets a bit of a, you know, three or four y- yards head start, and then that's enough then to kind of keep it going. But... Yeah, listen, his performance was not in short of outstanding. He could have should have had a hat-trick. You know, yeah. that, that, that one where he comes inside, he kind of puts it onto his left foot and I think it's Webster blocks it yeah. with his feet. He's done everything right there. So I just think his decision-making, for me, is, is one of the most encouraging things for a forward player. He's, made, he's taken the right decision on when to shoot, when to pass. But look, I, I think the one thing to temper it with, and this is another thing that come from my colleague and where he said, look, you're not going to get that every week. But for us as Burnley fans... If he performed like that, one in every three games, yeah. that's more than, than most players are doing. And if you, you look at that ratio now of goal contributions to perform to 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 appearances, it's it's one in three now. So it's like ten goals to thirty one appearances, which goal contributions. You know, considering yeah. Yeah, yeah, considering how low he was, I think since Dyke just come out to twelve games, it's six or seven goal contributions. So he, he has massively you know, ramped it up in in that respect. So Made up for him. I'm not going to claim credit. You know, fair play to you <laughs> to mention him that I did say. Before you go I think, I think he could, could, could be a good signing, but yeah, good for him. I think the result, for me, I was speaking to a lad in, in work. I likened it to being on a sinking ship and then someone goes, we found some lifeboats. That is the biggest lifeline that we could, yeah. we've given ourselves, that yeah. bonus three points, bonus performance. And I think a lot of things that we might not think about at first, but now we're three or four days removed. It'll put the shit up everyone around us, that. And everyone's now thinking, like, how do we now go into our games? Because we never expected that on our internal boards. What's it done for you, that results? Hope yeah, I, 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 think, I think you're right. It's a statement, isn't it? You, you talk, I mean, if that was a Man United or a Man City or a Newcastle, they'd be saying that's a statement, that. Yeah. The rest of the Premier League, you put them on notice. Yeah. Beating Brighton 5-1 at yeah. Brighton. 
I mean, any team in the Premier League would have been buzzing with that result and would have also been saying, look, that's a statement. So I think you're right, psychologically over the other teams, it's thinking, you know, they could easily go and win, you know, comfortably win two out of the last three games. Therefore, we now need three wins. Where are we getting three wins from? So, you know, to to the Leeds and and Leicester, particularly given Leicester, you know, whose performances and results just seem to be getting worse. Under Dean Smith, never, never mind, you know, better. I thought they'd be all right, you know, but they, they seem to me like, they just seem to be a little bit cast adrift now. It's and not I, really about them. I, I just think it's a strange appointment, wasn't it? Dean Smith, you know, given the last two jobs he's done, it was a bizarre appointment and now it's looking even worse. Because he's, he's very much like a, not a gung-ho manager, but under Brentford, when he was Brentford manager, which is probably his best spell, in fact, it was his best spell, Villa, he was just literally, let's go for it. You know, let's just go and... I, I give me players freeze and we go and attack the other team. We play with the, the Leicester players have naturally got that. They didn't need that. They needed someone to go, hold on, well, let's keep teams out and let's hit them it's on the break. Mill, yeah. If you look at that team, and, and, and we spoke about it so many times, look how much talent's in there. They're just perfect. Let's sit behind the butt. Like, be a palace. Mm. Go, and, go and just have your... your, your three, yeah, three quick... Yeah. And uh, Alizice would Two have, months, three months, Alizice. would have sorted them out, no problem. And, <laughs> you know, so... The appointments and every every team's rolled as ice down there, haven't they? And they've they've made the poorest decision out of all of them in yeah. terms of the, the manager they brought in. Before we look ahead to to City, a um, couple of interesting news items in in the week. Only rumours, but mm. I think we'll, we'll talk about it. the first one. Is the um, there was rumours that Everton made a, a a pounce for James Milner. They wanted to give James Milner a deal. Do you think there was anything in that or? I wouldn't be surprised. I think I think Dice probably looks around at that team and thinks a bit more experience in there could go a long way. Do you know what I mean? And listen, they were sitting over a coffee, going Milner for the year. Well, no, I just the next one was even even more unrealistic. But I just don't I don't know. It just didn't strike me as anything in it. But I, I know we've had some socials and stuff. So yeah, I mean, I I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's not happening. He's he's going to break. Yeah, no, the, the, it, the story was that we tried. Yeah, maybe. It, 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 I don't know. I don't think we know enough about... I don't think it would be a seller one. I think it would have been a Deitch going, look, if we can get him on a decent wage, I think he could do a job for us for the year. I think he could help stabilise us and this, that and the other. You know, he's got a wealth of experience. He can play in different positions. The versatility would have been something that would have been attractive. 38-year-old versatile. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, listen, mate, I mean, I, I said to, as I said to you, Coleman would have been turning this game, wouldn't he? I mean, you're trying to you're trying to put me out to pasture. And you signed the 38 year old Coppice at the same time. The other one was um, a little bit of a less credible source, but because of who it was, it lit up the social. Who was it? It was a journalist who didn't have that many sort of yeah. credible, um, credible history, Articles, yeah. if you will. Um, I was flicking through our Twitter, and I stopped at a picture of James Rodriguez. And it said Everton, Crystal Palace, and no way. Formed with perhaps a look at the possibility of asking James Rodriguez, and I thought, you know what? If you think I'm going to fucking forgive the mess that stop paying that fella has caused us just by bringing him back, you're absolutely right. Come <laughs> home, sweet prince. And I got a bit like, I'd love to see James Rodriguez. It's not going to happen, but yeah. did you look at that one and think, wait, wait? I only, I only looked at it because you sent it to me. You're the oh, only, I was giddy. The only person who looked at that much nonsense on Twitter. Um, but yeah, it, I, I think... I, I can't see it. Dice is far, not going to have hammers no, on Vegas. far less likely, I think, than the, the former. And, and, and even the former was, was unlikely. 
Yeah, look, it, it, we'll always look back with regret that, we, and, and the Reds obviously take the piss out of us for it, that we never got the chance to see Hamas Rodriguez in, in, in the flesh and consider what he produced for that short period. But there's also a, a large degree that he was managed very well by Ancelotti. He almost built a team around him, didn't he? To take yeah. care of him. Yeah, yeah. To go look. To Corey babysat him, didn't he? Just yeah. happy so, him. <laughs> uh, they had to play Alan and Corey just yeah. to just to make up for yeah. But Hammers Rodriguez's lack of mobility. Sigurdsson was there and when Richarlison was moved out, it was yeah. all just let, let Hammers Rodriguez do what yeah, he was giving the ball, giving the ball, and he, and he was good for it, wasn't he? But I know since he's had his, his, uh, his penis and his testicles removed and all the other stuff, there's rumours who have gone on. Then he came out to Finch Farm. If you remember the next day after that rumour, he had the biggest bulge. Yeah, yeah. He had a sock down there. And just went to the uh, butchers and got a sausage oh. and put it in his pants. I'd be very shocked if James Miller and Hammers Rodriguez end up yeah. there. But we've had a little bit of socials on there. So, uh, looking ahead to City, <sighs> despite how well we played on Monday, I think it's probably despite City only drawing one-one, which is probably a, which is a bad result for City against Real Madrid. They would have yeah. wanted to go into good. So nah, maybe I... maybe want to put Arsenal a bit to the sword. They now maybe cannot rest. Or, I don't know. I mean, it can it, work both no, ways. it's not. It's not. You can't call it rest for City, can you? Like City wouldn't want to rest players. They may now have to against Everton. I, I, I still think it's about no, too far. No, no. I, I do. I do think that we'll see. And, and this is the joke about it. We'll see Foden. We'll see Mares. We'll see Alvarez. Soz. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like th- those three players walk into any team in the Premier League yeah. without yeah. doubt. Um, I think you'll still see Haaland. But on the bench with De Bruyne. No, I think Haaland will still be in the team, but he'll yeah. play Alvarez. He has played Alvarez and Haaland together before, uh, but I think both, uh, I think Haaland will, will then be brought up after an hour probably. So I think that chat, it was not a City podcast, but that will be, I think that will be in Pep Guardiola's head. Like, we always just get pipped. Like, I'm not risking this and it's Carlo. I might put Kevin, no, no. Kevin Haaland on the bench on the, De Bruyne and Haaland on a bench. I might. De Bruyne, yeah, listen, those three come in. If Haaland, sorry, if Mares, Foden and uh, Alvarez come in, De Bruyne will most likely you know, be rested. Mm. It'll be De Bruyne, probably uh, Bernardo Silva and uh, Grealish to come out, which, you know, you're coming in with three fresh forward-thinking players then. I, I think he'll keep, he may even give Calvin Phillips a game. In yeah, Rodri's position, bench, wasn't he, on, in the week, yeah. he, he may he may do that, although he hasn't had many minutes. But I think we'll see four changes at least. It might be Carl Walker who has a tough night chasing after Vinicius. It might be him who comes out for maybe I don't know who else they, they can play it right. Back. The young kids out and you can play full back. Yeah, Lewis, yeah. Lewis, he'll come in. So you, you know there you four or five changes, but it's not not making him any weaker. Certainly, Mares, you know, has played in some of the biggest games this season. Um, you know, Foden is is outstanding. Alvarez is, is not only a World Cup winner, but he's, he's been one of their brighter forwards in the last couple of months. So, I don't think it makes them any weaker at Goodison. Um, I do think we can get a point against them. I, I do. I, I think they haven't been that convincing away from home. I've seen them a few times this year. They find a way to win. And I think a one-goal margin or two-goal margin to City is very likely. But I, I can still see us get into 60 minutes that's it if you, if you keep them within a goal which you know is it, no shame at all if you keep them with a goal you, and, and I think Taich will be, be saying that's the players they might fly out the traps they might get an early goal keep them within a goal or two when we've always got a chance of, of closing that gap and if we lose the game 2-0 it's not killing our goal difference it's not you know it's not a point we'd have expected to pick up I think he'll be saying let's weather this, weather this huge Storm onslaught, onslaught, possession, 
wait for our chance to get a bit of you know an opportunity. Hopefully, we take our chance if we get it. But you know, I, this is massively about now that we've got three points at Brighton. This well, this this fixture is down as a as a bit of a free hit, isn't well, it? Well, now we've got. I'm looking at it a different way, so I'll come at you with a question from from a different angle. Now we've got those three points, and maybe internally they were bonus three points, or three points at Brighton. I'm talking about. Can a manager now afford to go into this with with maybe a back five and say we can actually pull the crap out of this and try and get a point? Maybe if we only got a point at Brighton, we would have had to play our game and try and score first. But now I, I can bring Michael Keane in and keep Yeri Mina and keep Tarkowski in and try and bore the crap out of it. And I'll go back to the Brighton game for the Wolves game. Like, the thing that the thing, that possibly, but I, I don't think playing a back five against City is the best idea. Their, their movements and their fluidity and their attacking threat mainly come, and obviously not the goal threat because you've got Haaland. You've got two centre-backs. Like, you know, one is my marks and the other one covers. We got a point on New Year's Eve, didn't we, playing five at the back? Mm. We did, we did. But and Godfrey was all over Haaland, wasn't mm. he, and really frustrated. Yeah, listen, I wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised, but, but I also don't think it's necessarily a, a blueprint that you've got to play five at the back. If anything, you've you just got to have more players, more bodies in that central third of the pitch, which, which we've done well enough against Brighton. Listen, I don't think we can go far wrong with playing exactly the same way we did against Brighton, but I get what you're saying. Do you roll out them 11 players again and risk maybe one or two of them getting injured and then being, you know... The games where you need four yeah. or six points from and out. Yeah, like, you know, because really, you almost want to go, right, give them the three points, 2-0 win, sounds, let's get all our players get into that Wolves game and, and, and just get the three points there. Yeah. So it, it, it's a dilemma. I mean, I think the manager will just be like, look, we've, we've got three games to go, three cup finals, that old cliche. Don't give us three strong 90 minutes performances and, and I'm confident that we'll get at least four points out of those yeah. three games which I think should be enough the fixtures this weekend um, all the teams have got you see no one getting unwinnable them. yeah they're all, they're all there's a very good chance that all six teams or five or six teams down there get no points this weekend yeah. which is and, and you know fine what? no and points in every game deal. Let's, let's just go yeah, to, yeah, let's, go to let's keep going and just lose it everyone loses everything I just want to get into that last week of the season out the relegations up out the relegation zone and playing teams who I just hope just don't give a crap about. They just want to get dirty. I want to get to that last game and not having to do anything. That's what I mean. Yeah. And that, you, you get there by going to beat Wolves. That's um, it. Yeah. So, Wolves is the game now, isn't it? I mean, every game is the game until that game's gone, isn't it? So Wolves, you know, win that game. Look, the City one. It's nice said, to go into this one. Like You called it a free hit there and I've sort of agreed by saying I think the manager can now play a different way because of Brighton. The danger is if other teams do get unlikely points around us, but I feel a lot better going into this game now. The, ga- the, the, the run and missing. This was the game I was thinking goal difference. And the games and against sorts. the top sides at Goodison. Over the last three seasons, we've generally done, I mean, forever, we've generally done well. We've had the odd tonking. Yeah. But generally, against the top sides at Goodison, they don't relish coming to Goodison, most teams. We always do Chelsea. Yeah. We always do Arsenal. Yeah, for some exactly. Reason. And we've we've had some good results against City, not necessarily in the last five years, but City snuck had, one last year with the Rodrian ball. Yeah, that that's what I mean. So we, we've had some very close games with them. We beat them on occasion again, not necessarily in the last five years, but before that. As you say, the Arsenal's, the Chelsea's, Man United's, we always give a good account account of ourselves, and they don't generally like coming coming to Goodison. And there's not many grounds like Goodison, and that's that's you know we'll come onto that on another day about the long-term thing of losing Goodison, is it going to be like that? 
teams turn up, wow, what lovely stadium. Mm. It's a nice experience. Goodison's not nice, is it? Not nice. It's not nice for us sometimes. No, 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 no. But, but that's another one. I think it's it's going to be a positive atmosphere. There's no doubt oh, about yeah. that. And, and, There's and, not going to be a thread of negativity before that ball's kicked. And even provided they're not eight nil up at some point or whatever, I can't see how our fans in this game, unlike other games, turn turn against that, the players why, or anything. Like and that. that's why I'm saying that that, that lifeline that Brighton is that what that has done is everything. Mm. Like the fans are going to go into the city game and. You know, obviously everyone's going to be pumped up for it, but I don't think there's going to be a genuine fear. No. Because if we were 19 still, and we're going into City going, just don't score more than three, because you're going to, you're going to kill us and yeah, cause the yeah. goal difference. And I think the atmosphere will be better because of that. What would be your prediction? Hell no. I, we can't ever predict a, a loss, can we? I've obviously said in my little monologue there that, oh, you know, <clears throat> I'm expecting or wouldn't be surprised one nil, you know, one or two goal. But... I think a nil-nil is, oh, that'd be a great point for us. It will Spare be a, to the Blues at the end. Unbelievable point for us. Um, for the rest of the Premier League, it'd make the title race interesting again, hopefully. But for us, a nil-nil would be a, an incredible result to keep a clean sheet against Man City. Um, I was going to say 1-1, one, one, but, but I don't know. I just feel like I have to get in front. They're just such a hard team to, yeah. to beat. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I will agree with you. I'll go nil-nil. Um, look, a lot of my heart is, is talking because it's Everton and if it was another team I wouldn't be saying it yeah. but if I take my heart away from it I think there's a potential for a long afternoon for Everton mm. it's going to have to be we're going to have to get it right there's potential for a long afternoon for City for different reasons in mm. terms of I, was, so I, wanted to be, I, I wanted to be pissing down yeah. dark horrible yeah, that's it Sirens on. Yeah, I just yeah. want. I don't want. I don't want a sunny like afternoon. like just getting away from them and stuff. No, and I sunny. Rod- Rodri's like that. Yeah, yeah. Cigar out. Yeah, I don't want. I want it to be audible. I want Goodison to be audible. And, and if we get a point, absolutely massive. Anyone who follows us on the social media, which is across the park PC on Twitter and Instagram, and um, they'll see that we've been doing a couple of different things. The first one I want to talk about: uh, Mick Rathbone, head of medicine from 02 to 2010. He done a podcast with us in lockdown when we were the old Across the Park podcast, we didn't do video. Uh, one of the most um, commented on, great feedback, because he's such a, a funny guy and tells tells it as it is. So we asked him to come back on, and, and he did. That's over on the YouTube channel. Um, some unbelievable, it was it was just me who done it, I've told Judgy. And he's just so funny. Yeah, like, I was asking him outright there. questions. And like, he'd go into like this, I don't know, he could, he could do stands up, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you've he, seen he, a few clips. Like, it's it, it's yeah. like a pub conversation, isn't it? Like literally, Top guy. yeah. He, he, and how twenty he give us? Yeah, just such a, such a likable guy, and as you say, so many stories. Some of them made up, as you've I've seen with the real on on Instagram. But yeah, you sit there listening to him, and I'm I'm I've become a big fan because I do a lot of driving now of like audio books, and I'm I'm not sure if he's if any of his available audio. I hope it is because yeah. I'd love to listen. To the story, I think it's so much more. I've read both books, so I don't know if they, if they are. Yeah. We did tell Baz that we'd plug it again. So mm-hmm. it's um, The Smell of Football 2, UK. That's the second book. Uh, the first one, he, he sold out. You're going to have to go to eBay or Amazon and find it. Both great, great reads. Um, stories that we spoke about were, you know, Ferguson, how Ferguson was to, to manage from the physio room, how Louis Saha had to be managed, how mad Tommy Graveson was. <laughs> All, all great stories. And again, if you're following us on the socials, you'd have seen we've put some stuff up. Judgy is now moonlighting over at the Legger podcast, the sports podcast, aren't you? The, the, um, yeah, the sports podcast. over there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Andy's been a good friend of the show since we started. 
He actually started before him, giving some advice to set up his podcast. Uh, it's the Lego podcast, which most mostly will have heard of. Andy Grant's a bit of a bit of a local celebrity in Liverpool. He, you know, he does um, boss lad as well. Does, yeah, it? does a lot of motivational talks, which has got a got a long story behind. But yeah, good lad. He's a Liverpoolian, so he, he asked me to come on a few weeks ago, and you know, the we got on really well on the podcast. And it worked really well, as it as it did for us when it was a red and a blue. You know, you'd mm. have that across the table banter, and he's asked me to to join them on a weekly basis, which I'm happy to do. And so yeah, check them out. The Legged Sportscast. Um, you know, we'll, there'll be plenty of links between us and, and, and Andy and that podcast going forward. So, yeah. good stuff. Got a couple more plans. Um, obviously, the way the season finishes will impact on what we do in the summer. We do tend to take a break in the summer because there's not much to talk about in the early pre-season. If something breaks, which it has done in the past, we'll get together and have a pint and talk about it. But the weekly content will probably dwindle down in the summer. Um, we've got a couple of unique podcasts coming up with, with, with different things around the city, not necessarily football. Um, so keep your eye out and, and if anything like that piques your interest, share it to whoever. We're going to try and do a few different things. I think Judge is going to sit down with someone very, very shortly, which will be an interesting podcast, not football related. So we hope that you take something from that. In the meantime, if anyone watching, leave a comment, let us know what you think. We, we love going on our, our um, YouTube app and, and seeing comments. We do try and reply to them. Um, please like and subscribe. That, that's the biggest thing mm. I can say. Those, those likes and those subscriptions re- really help us. Um, not so much from a financial point, but what we can do with the channel, what we can actually do and edit and tweak and, and make things, you know, possibly 4K one day and stuff, because no 4K is a thing, but we, we need an audience for that. So if you'd enjoy the content and you're new to it, please like, share, and subscribe. As always, thanks for watching Across the Park Podcast. Up the toffees. Ugh. We got more of you.